0: Wake your ass up and get some coffee.
1: To us, coffee isn't just a beverage. It's a community. It's an accumulation of the global network of fair trade farmers to the independently owned coffee shops working together to bring the freshest coffee to their local neighborhoods.
0: You're listening to Coffee and Power by Acme Radio Live. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How y'all doing, folks? Doing great. Welcome to Coffee and Powered by Acme Radio Live. My name is Q Taylor. I got my homie Jimmy. got my brother Nate. We're here. I'm here. We're very, very happy to be here. Uh, It's nice to come downtown and look out on Broadway and look at the beautiful, sunny skyline of Nashville, Tennessee. This is our third podcast. This is big. We're official. It's a trilogy now. Hat trick, dude. Yeah. What's your favorite random thought? What's your favorite? Favorite sequel slash part three film ever. Oh Ooh. no! I got one. I started off. Oh, you start. for some reason it immediately made me think oh. of Rocky Three with Clever Lane. <laughs> okay, Mr. T. All time Rocky favorite film. That's ever. good. I just
1: got so much anxiety. I have to uh, pick
0: one. Back to the Future Part Three is dope.
2: Oh, we have to pick the third one. It was one? like two thousand. It's gotta be the
0: third installment, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, the third one. I think The Matrix got a dope part three, but I oh, don't man. remember as much.
2: Matrix is tough for me. The first one's so good, but well, the, the other two felt like uh, straight to DVD. <laughs> 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 but with the box office effects, of course. Gotcha. gotcha. I got to go with Return of the Jedi. Ooh.
1: Ooh, That's so Ooh. strong. You get, man, I, I've got so many. I don't know what to do. I'm so stressed out.
0: I got a confession. I've never seen a Star Wars film.
1: Not one? Not one.
0: Wow. Sci-fi was not big in my household growing up. That makes so much sense to me. In the hoods of Memphis. Wow. Back to the Future was probably like the most sci-fi thing ever. So, but anyway, all right, we got (laughs) sidetracked.
1: I still didn't pick one. Oh, yeah. And I just don't know what to do. Well, we'll think on it. We'll circle back. I like Godfather 3. That one was pretty good. Uh, it was pretty good that's though.
2: one of my favorite holiday movies <laughs> was it during christmas time it's I, just always on tv when, uh, when you're when you're sitting at your aunt's house and you're like trying not to fall into a food coma and your uncles are watching golf in the other room and you're just like godfather it is. it's kind of a
1: classic
0: yeah if, I don't, like if I don't know it's if that's like my regular tv with commercials it's like an pick, eight hour though. film that's true so uh what have we been up to lately Ethan and roast um We've been really more active on our social media platform because we've, we've started some new things in our shops at our, our Charlotte Avenue location. We recently launched a little small brunch menu that we do every day from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Got a bunch of cool items on the menu that's very addicting, like all these crazy things on toast. We do an amazing little grits bowl with some fresh locally sourced fruit. And we have some amazing omelet items and all kinds of cool stuff that's fantastic. And it's been really good. I mean, the city is like, it's it's crazy. Like, families are in there. Little kids is trying to order mimosas, and we have to check their IDs. It's popping. It's made to
1: order, too, which means when you order it, we
2: make it. Correct crazy yes so then it's ordered to eat as well
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy (laughs) so uh, what have y'all been doing on the coffee side in the shops Uh, I know Jimmy you've been sourcing some stuff and Nate I know you've been messing around with the the drink menu as well you want to elaborate on that brother yeah we've got some
1: awesome people on our team who started we went back into the flavor lab and started mixing some stuff Um, I'm really excited about what they came up with we've got an espresso mint julep iced drink mm. we've got our single origin ethiopian espresso which is bright very very yummy mixed with some soda water okay a proprietary mint syrup which is mint and sweetener so now it's no longer proprietary and a little bit of mint leaf on top gotcha oh garnish Ooh, it's so good i'm like so excited about it and how's the feedback been feedback is great cool cool. feedback is really great also it's served in this beautiful little glass cup if you want to feel
2: like you're having a cocktail in the middle of the day but you're not it's so refreshing
1: i love it and then we've got a black lavender cappuccino uh which is just our espresso normal cappuccino but with our black lavender syrup just black tea and lavender in a simple syrup and then on top after the pour a little bit of rock salt on top of that gives it a little bit of a contrasted flavor and it is also very good i'm like actually genuinely very excited about this menu right now so
0: what's the what was the process of the staff the team putting together like because you know we got 15 16 baristas in the house between both shops yeah and everyone has amazing ideas like the child like threw some stuff in the, in the hat yeah i mean people
1: can come at any time like hey i have a great idea for a drink they make it Everyone tries it, bring it to you or uh, like ownership and just kind of see like, hey, is this something we want for the menu? And we also want it to kind of match the season. We don't want a peppermint mocha rolling into June. We don't want this super refreshing thing rolling into December. So Nog in July. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds like a cool album. Um, (laughs) Band name, call it. Um, And basically just kind of, does it fit the season? And is it something that we want to serve and we're excited about and that we think Somewhere else in Nashville doesn't necessarily have uh, okay. something you can get. So a lot of trial and error.
0: Trial and error. What about mm. you, Jimmy? Speaking of trial and error, you do a lot of trial and error that's, when it comes to cuppings. and. That's my whole job, yeah. pretty much.
2: Just try, try shit and then error real hard <laughs> and then try again. <laughs> um, no, I've been really into uh, some coffees from Papua New Guinea okay. lately. I've got about three in-house right now um i just got their their main crop the pea berry from seagree um i love this coffee and you'll start seeing it probably on drip at both shops um also going to work it into a couple of blends because it's so sweet and has a really nice body gotcha
0: and what else you got anything else new on the menu um coffee wise i've got
2: a got a new guatemalan coming in fairly soon Mm -hmm. not entirely sure when so don't quote me on that but gotcha
0: that's in that's in the wings so you know to summarize that's what we've been up to new brunch menu at our charlotte avenue location new specialty coffee drinks at both locations and uh Mm -hmm. new coffee on the horizon as well so for more information, you definitely can follow us on Instagram at 8th and Roast or go to our website at www.athanroast.com or just pop in the store and ask for Nate or Jimmy, and they'll be happy to do some tastings and some drinks with you. So, um, and that's it on that. Uh, what we got next? We're going to talk about some uh, specialty coffee and what makes it specialty coffee. I know we want to segue into that. Uh, jimmy what was your thoughts on uh, you you this is kind of your podcast when it comes to what we want to bring to the table with bringing an education standpoint so what do you want to do with the specialty coffee aspect
2: Uh, i think just making the distinction between coffee as a commodity and coffee as like a specialty product we've done this with other beverages like wine for instance Um, people care about where wine is grown they care about you know the region they care about the soil they care about the process after it's been harvested um anyone ever heard skin contact referring to wine Mm -hmm. process yeah so coffee is very similar in in the same regard each of those things can affect the way that a coffee tastes um the problem is, as Americans, we've been consuming coffee as a cheap commodity for, you know, basically post-World War II on. Everybody had it in their house. Most of the time it was crystallized and it was sitting in a can and it was ready to just have hot water poured on top of it and, you know, stirred up and it's ready to go. Uh, we didn't really think of it as this thing that was like delicious and worth spending money on. It was more of just like a, it, it was like with your pack of cigarettes, your. 25 cent cigarettes you know Mm -hmm. um so basically the first wave there are technically three waves of coffee and that first wave in america was basically that instant coffee period the folgers era basically right yeah folgers maxwell house massive companies dominating the, the you know basically like the budweiser and uh miller and pabst of coffee Uh, But it was in everyone's house. Um, The second wave of coffee, you could kind of define that by um, the time period when everyone started to have auto drip coffee machines in their homes. That was like the new thing was here's this automatic pot. You put the grounds in and you actually brew it instead of, you know, going the instant route. Uh, Probably a decade or two later is when we saw our first Starbucks store, Mm -hmm. which was the only place in America you could go get an espresso and a steamed milk beverage. So thank you, Starbucks, for, for introducing that to us. So the the third wave of coffee, which some people would argue we've we've already moved beyond, that um, is is what ultimately brought us specialty coffee, where uh, the people buying the green coffee are paying attention to exactly where it's coming from. They know the region. A lot of times they know the exact farm. They know the processing station. And nowadays, the producer's name will show up on the bag of specialty coffee. So you know who owns the farm that that coffee came from. And I think that's super rad. Uh, we're able to negotiate prices with these people. Um, and, and it's kind of a stark contrast to the way we used to, to do coffee for so long, at least here in the States. Um, these massive companies that are buying up entire lots of green coffee... And don't really care where it's coming from. They don't care if the coffee cherry is ripe before it's harvested. Generally, this is done by machines. And then there's a bunch of people involved afterward that you have no idea if they're being paid uh, anything, let alone a fair price. To So to expect a really stellar product out of that type of situation uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. But with specialty coffee, the goal is entirely different. We're not trying to acquire as much as we possibly can for as cheap as we possibly can. We set a standard and say, this is what I would like. Um, how much is it worth to you? How much, uh, how much can I pay for this so that everyone in the chain is, is rewarded for their labor? It's not easy work climbing the side of a mountain and picking cherries one at a time when they're absolutely perfectly ripe. Um, it's an incredible skill and processing is as well so um, arguably we may be in the 3.5th wave right now <laughs> or the fourth wave because we've seen a return to um, automatic brewers uh, people are starting to get away from manual brew methods which were all the rage for what the last 8 to 10, ten years, years Yeah, um, so Arguably, we're we're in a different phase of coffee. I don't know that that warrants calling it an entirely new wave because it's kind of what we were doing before with batch brew, auto brew. Um, we 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 always knew that that could make great coffee, and yeah. now we're just kind of like, oh yeah, it we really do does. That again. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: it sounds like we're getting to our like highest forms of culinary appreciation of coffee.
2: Yeah, it's definitely more of. A, uh, when you treat it as a specialty product, and you've taken all those steps to ensure that you you've acquired something that's actually special, um, and and we can talk about the things that go into what makes coffee special, um, growing regions. Nate, what, what's your favorite growing region?
1: My favorite, on a general scale, is like Ethiopian coffees, which sounds. If, if there's coffee people listening, they're like, well, duh, like <laughs> ob- obvious, obvious, but I love it. It's so, although like blueberry or like really strong fruit forward notes, I really love drinking. I just like love that taste. Um, and especially natural Ethiopians, which we'll get into uh, later, later this morning, but
2: Nate's a funky boy.
1: I like those weird kind of like unpredictable, complex flavors um, that like washed coffee doesn't necessarily give you, but Ethiopia for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Fertile Crescent
2: the fertile crescent
0: <laughs> the birthplace of coffee awesome awesome so waves that's what we're talking about uh, that's that term started in 2002 but we'll jump more into that when we get back coffee and podcast powered by Acme Radio Live <music>
3: Bless your heart, child. You've been working all day. It's Tuesday, so it's time to hang up the suit and throw on your boots for Twang Tuesday at Acme Feed and Seed. We've got authentic country music. You heard right, not a drum pad in sight. Can we get a yeehaw for dollar off Sierra Nevadas?
1: Yeehaw!
3: So boot scoot and boogie on down to Acme Feed and Seed for Twang Tuesday, 7 to 11 p.m. For more info, visit theacmenashville.com.
4: to hear what artists are stopping by the acme radio live studio but this gal thinks it's time we call a few more ladies to the front so tune in every thursday from 3 to 4 p.m for interviews and live in studio sessions with nashville's finest females and catch a replay every friday at 9 a.m for girls roll the roost on acme radio live Get in the mix with Acme Radio Live. Every Monday through Saturday, a different ARL DJ will be spinning their favorite tracks. Whether it's local all-indie vibes with hashtag Fit or Friday night hip-hop vibes with Guy Falk, we've got all your music needs covered.
3: But Carson, what if I have a favorite DJ and I want to hear their music all the time?
4: What do I do? You can follow our public playlist on Spotify to have all your favorite DJ's hot tracks at your fingertips. They'll be updated each week after the live version has aired. Always make sure to listen live every Monday through Saturday, noon to 2 and also 5 to 7, only on Acme Radio Live live.com. If you've been to Nashville, there's a big chance you've been drunk in Nashville. However, as Music City continues to grow, the bar scene isn't always a show. Join us on Mix One Five as bartenders on Broadway take you behind the bars in the Six One Five. We'll interview local beer and liquor reps as well as fellow bartenders, all while making and discovering your new favorite beverages. Hosted in the heart of downtown Nashville at Acme Feed and Seed, Mix One Five airs every Monday night at 9 p.m. Central and is available as a podcast on all platforms, including Spotify and Apple Music. Mix One Five only on Seed. Radio
0: live.com. Coffee and podcast powered by Acme Radio Live. Uh, this is Coffee and Origin today. We're talking about waves. Uh, in 2002, there was a wave article published by the Roasters Guild in a publication by the, what's that say, Flame Keeper. And they pretty much started the, war, the term wave. Uh, and right now we're kind of in the midst of the third. Where, is it ending the third wave, Jimmy? Or we're kind of. We're somewhere in the middle of that some- third wave. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's kind of closing
2: out a little bit.
1: A little bit. I mean, it's like it, in, an easy way to understand it is if you ever watched 90s rom coms, if anyone was making coffee, <laughs> this is going to. Oh, you follow, up, I promise. If you were watching 90s rom coms and Tom Hanks was like, oh, come check out my cappuccino machine. Like no one says that anymore. Now right. it's like, oh, I've got a latte machine. That's like the second and third wave. <laughs> okay,
0: okay, okay.
1: It's the same machine, but but we just do different things now
0: that's what's up oh so third well oh, third speaking of thirds we talked about best third movies or whatever what's your favorite all-time third album don't do this to Ooh. me what you got jim you got some i know without a doubt what mine is what is it okay computer oh, that's radiohead such a, that's such a good musician
2: they made answer. it in a haunted house That's how is cool. that not
0: rad that's pretty cool I'm not a big fan of Radiohead. That's okay. That's just me. My favorite all-time third album, you know, a lot of people are going to debate this, but it's Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar. Mm. People don't realize that was his third album.
1: That was his third album?
0: That was his third album. But, oh no! Yeah, you thought it was his first.
1: I thought it was to pimp a butterfly, and that was gonna be my answer. Ruined. Oh, <laughs> Wiped <laughs> it. Gotcha. Wait, how is that his third?
0: Well, he came out with Section Eighty, and then he had another album before that. I can't remember the first album he came out oh, with.
1: Oh well, there goes my answer. Sorry, I love buddy. to pimp a butterfly, but now it's it's my favorite fourth wave album.
0: Next time, we're,
2: when we're actually in the fourth wave, we'll ask you again. <laughs> next next year. <laughs> next year, when
0: when that happens so favorites uh we want to talk about regions now right and yeah and dive into that i'm a costa rican guy i'm a guatemalan guy and uh nate you said a few things as well right Yep, love those 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 ethiopian african coffees um they're
1: they're just my favorite consistently but specifically the natural natural ethiopians
2: yeah explain that explain that we can we can dive into that right now go for it let's do that go for it Cool. So uh, not only the region affects the way the coffee tastes, but the way it's processed after harvest has a huge impact on the the overall character of of the coffee. So if you've got a natural Ethiopian versus a washed Ethiopian, a washed Ethiopian is going to be a lot more dense. It's going to have a lot more acidity. It's going to be a lot brighter in the cup, and it's going to have more of a tea-like body. Um, That's a direct result of the process, not necessarily the farm that it came from, the type of coffee plant, et cetera, et cetera. Um, The process is what impacts that particular aspect. Right. Uh, So a natural coffee, let's say it's sourced from the exact same. It's a micro lot that's like right next to this washed Ethiopian that you had. The natural is going to have more body. It's going to be a little bit more mellow as far as acidity goes. Uh, It's not going to have that brightness but it's going to have a really round sweetness. And that usually presents itself in the form of like a blueberry or a strawberry or a melon, some like really sweet, juicy, round fruit juice juice version of coffee. Yes. Not, not, not something citric, but something like a berry. Um, whereas the washed coffee is going to taste more like a citrus, like a tea. And it might like punch you right in the nose with that acidity. Um, it's going to be really clean. Uh, specialty coffee, a lot of times people people prefer the washed method because it is more consistent. It takes less time. It's usually a 12 to 48 hour process and it results in this really complex, sparkling, acidic cup of coffee. However, people generally tend to remember the first time they've had a natural coffee. If you've ever had a sip of coffee and it tasted like freaking blueberries and you just blew your mind... Chances are you were drinking a natural coffee. For me,
0: that was the case. What about on the second? Like, if you go back and get that again, are you going to have that same feeling? Um, Not necessarily.
2: For me, knowing now, knowing what I know, and knowing that natural coffees tend to taste that way, it's it's not going to have the same like mind melting factor that it had the first time. You're expecting it a little bit more. Yeah,
1: yeah. And for me, uh, getting a whole bag of natural. Is sometimes like by the middle to the end of that bag. I'm like, I'm I'm done now. I'm good. Yeah, I, I've had this coffee. You're saturated. I'm very good with it, but but it's your favorite. It's my favorite still. That's why I love. If I'm going to other shops and I'm getting a cup of what their natural is, it's a treat. It's great because I'm like, oh wow, that was so good. But if I buy a bag, you, it's just it's a lot of blueberry.
0: Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. <laughs> a lot Jimmy. of berries. Yeah. If you are a coffee drinker throughout the day, you need one in the morning, you need two cups in the morning, you need another one after lunch. you gotta you're not leaving work to eight o'clock that night, so you're gonna need some more coffee. Do you wanna stay on the you want to go on the wash side or does that question not apply to what you're trying to explain? Um are, are we talking about caffeine content? well, no, or- just are you still getting all of that flavor and all those fillings of that natural coffee throughout the day? Okay. You see what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I, t- I tend
2: to use, like, for instance, my, f- my favorite coffee I've ever had was a natural Burundi, which is super rare. You don't see a lot of natural coffees coming from that region. I've only ever had two of them, and they've both been stellar. I wouldn't drink that cup every day because it would probably ruin it a gotcha. little bit for me. Um honestly when i when i get to work i'm drinking the stuff that we're selling a ton of like the like the french on drip guatemala. which is a blend i always try the blend and then i switch over to the single origin uh, drip option which is usually a peru or a guatemala both washed um, and then i'll try something on the espresso bar which our espresso blend has a mixture of natural and washed coffees um, on purpose, <laughs> of course. And then we have the natural Ethiopian on the espresso bar too. So I, I generally, when I'm at work, I'll kind of work my way through like the main offerings because I like to taste those things every day. I like to know that they're tasting the same as they did yesterday, if not a little better.
1: Yeah. Having a natural every day is like drinking a dessert wine every night. It's like, you're not going to want to do that. Yeah. All
2: and it's the like, time. I love going to Sump and getting a cup of their Yemen for like eight bucks but that's not like my daily totally thing that's that's me as somebody who really likes coffee i'm gonna go do that once or twice a month although my maybe.
0: grandmother does she drinks dessert wine literally every night <laughs> <laughs> i was just like hold on hold on mate <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh yes i love your grandmother she's good people happy mother's day shout out yeah. Happy so, mother's day. Yep. Yep. so uh the process you said uh to recap, the natural has more mellow, the body is different, and then with the wash, say that one more time. The washed is a lot brighter, usually more complex,
2: mm-hmm. so there's more flavors going on. With a, with a natural, it's usually overwhelmingly uh, something fruity, and that's directly related to the fact that when when they harvest a coffee cherry and then process it naturally, the coffee seed stays inside that cherry for six to eight weeks, depending until the moisture content stabilizes between nine and twelve percent, roughly. Uh, so it's a longer, more drawn out process. It can take a couple of weeks. It can take two months. It just kind of depends on the climate, um, how wet or dry it is. But every uh, every coffee is processed either either washed or natural. Uh, the washed is also called wet. The natural is also called dry or sun-dried. Uh, depending on the region, they might have a fancy name for how they've processed this coffee, but generally, it's on a scale in between natural and washed. Somewhere, um, we have some coffees that are pulp natural. A lot of Brazils are pulp natural, and that's like a real happy medium between washed and natural. So you've get some body you get some sweetness, you don't lose the acidity completely. There's still a little bit of that there. And what are some of the factors that are affecting the way these coffees are tasting? Um, Soil has a lot to do with it. Elevation has a lot to do with it. The type of coffee plant, there are so many different varieties of coffee nowadays. Um, If you put two really common ones next to each other you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference even like a really seasoned coffee professional probably won't be able to tell the difference between uh bourbon and Katura for instance but uh if you have a geisha varietal those those are known for imparting a floral quality to the cup um so chances are if you're tasting a geisha next to those other two that I just mentioned, you're probably going to notice that geisha as the standout. Um, so th- the varietal can go, it can play into how the coffee tastes uh, processing after it's picked is huge too. Like we discussed, um, it can have a radically different flavor profile just based on whether it's washed or natural. Um,
1: if you ever see like a $11 pour over at a shop, it's usually like a geisha. It's like, oh yeah it's like whoa that's so expensive why is that so expensive oh it's a geisha
2: i'm gonna get that for sure it's worth it if you see it it's a it's a a hefty price tag and it's usually like the cup of excellence is usually something wild like that that was grown somewhere that's not typical yep so a lot of times it'll be kind of a partnership between a roaster and a farmer the farmer will plant these wild like geishas somewhere in in Colombia. For instance, where they don't really, they don't naturally occur there, right? But they've they've planted these there. They've waited four years for a yield, and it, it is kind of a long, ongoing partnership between uh, the producer and and the the roaster because they they're both working together to make sure the roaster is getting. What, what they want. What they, yeah, ask for. Uh, and the roaster is paying high dollar to make sure they get what they want. And that wasn't happening in that first way. That was not happening. Not in America. American <laughs> coffee buyers, those companies were just, like I said, as much coffee as we can get, bottom dollar, I don't care where it came from, how it was grown. I just want to... Put it all together, roast it super dark, grind it up, put it in a can, and stick it on the on the shelf for you for your family. Sell it in five <laughs> gallon buckets. I want your family to have shitty
0: coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, d- d- during that second wave, would you say Starbucks was in the forefront of s- establishing some of those relationships, or there were other places?
2: I think Starbucks was was instrumental in bringing that culture. To, to the United States before Starbucks you could not go in to a shop and order a cappuccino just wasn't wasn't a thing here um, they didn't start the second wave but they sure did tie that they, they brought us into the third wave from the second wave yeah. for sure awesome
0: so thank you Starbucks Thanks, shout guys. out to Starbucks awesome Well, this is great uh, Coffee and Podcast episode three this is my favorite one so far powered by Acme Radio Live we'll be right back <music> Tune in every Tuesday at 3 p.m.
3: for Hamel Here's a Who, where we spotlight artists you should know about. Each week I sit down with an artist to find out their influences, the stories behind their songs, and what they're listening to. Hamel Here's a Who, every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central, and a replay on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. on Acme Radio Live.
4: known for its honky tonks, but we like it a little less honky and a lot more funky. Every Thursday night from 8 to midnight, it's Funky Tonk at Acme Feed and Seed. Acme's house band the Music City Toppers take the stage each week to add a little more rhythm to your two-step. Enjoy Dollar Off Yazoo Beer while the toppers play your favorite funk soul covers. Join us every Thursday from 8 to midnight for Funky Tonk at 101 Broadway. For more information, visit theacmenashville.com
3: Mondays suck, but we're grateful to be alive. Every Monday from 7 to 11 p.m., come celebrate the dead at Acme Feed and Seed, while the band covers your favorite Grateful Dead tunes. We'll help you get heady with dollar-off beers brewed by Monday Night Brewing. Don't let the start of the work week harsh your mellow, bro. Join us at Grateful Mondays at Acme Feed and Seed from 7 to 11. Not in Nashville? Get your dead on with the Grateful Dead Hour on Acme Radio Live every Monday from 8 to 9 p.m. For more info, go to theacmenashville.com. There are quite a few people talking about CBD these days. And if you have questions, there's finally some place you can go for answers. Nashville Hemp was created with the goal of opening a company focused on alternative health and wellness lifestyles with products that are environmentally conscious and sustainable. Nashville Hemp aims to provide the biggest selection of quality hemp-derived products at the best prices and in the process serve not only their customers in Middle Tennessee, but the planet as well. Acme Radio Live is happy to support local progressive products from Nashville Hemp. Nashville Hemp, located at 5916 Charlotte Pike in West Nashville. Nashville. We're online at nashvillehip.com.
0: Welcome back. Coffee and podcast powered by Acme Radio Live. My name is Q Taylor. We got my guy, Jimmy, and my brother, Nate. We are back talking about waves and origins. Uh, Jimmy, give us a recap, actually, on what we've been talking about today. Can you a little summary yeah, of everything. Yeah. So, basically, here's the skinny. <laughs>
2: um, coffee, coffee tastes different depending on the terroir of the region. That's the overall climate, rainfall, soil, elevation, basically everything that you could use to describe that part of the earth. Uh, that impacts the flavor profile. The type of coffee plant and impacts the flavor profile. Uh, the way the coffee is processed after it's harvested definitely plays a huge factor in the, the overall characteristics of your cup. Uh, but also beyond that, Uh, the way this coffee is roasted the way this coffee is brewed the way it's presented to the customer each each part of this process affects the way that the final cup tastes so that that's the really exciting thing to me about coffee is it's been passed along you know hundreds of people from thousands of miles and then it's there in front of you and you get to you get to enjoy all that, all that's there in that cup because of all of those things. You can't drop the ball at any yeah, any. spot. It's, it's also, it would be such a detriment if there was like one careless step in there. Um, it would be, it would be sad. So um, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, high elevation coffee. Is that something that you'll hear a lot of coffee snobs talk about? I won't drink a coffee that was grown below 1300 meters because that would be foolish. Um, basically, hey, they're, they're not wrong. I mean, that's elevation's too high. It's a weird thing to say, but it's not entirely wrong. Uh, roasters love high elevation coffee because there's way more flavor potential. And I'll explain why uh, in case you thought I wasn't going to. Um, <laughs> when coffee is... <laughs> Sorry, I'm on a roll. I've had too much coffee this morning. Um, when coffee is grown at a higher elevation, the plant matures more slowly. So if, if you know about plants and you know about chlorophyll and you know that plants use sunlight to feed themselves, that's... How cool is that? Anyways, uh, when the plant matures really, really slowly and it and it has direct sunlight kept off of it, so shade grown, high elevation... These cherries, the coffee cherries are given a lot more time to to ripen. And in the meantime, the coffee plant is fortifying its seeds with food for these really, really healthy cherries. I wish I was a plant, Jimmy. I wish I wish I was a plant too. Yeah. I wish we could be plants together on a beautiful mountain. It's much better than eating at McDonald's. <laughs> it is. You can make your own food. That's so cool. Uh but yeah, when, the, when these seeds are fortified uh, by the plants, they end up just packed full of sucrose and simple sugars, and the flavor potential there, when you put it in the roaster, is is leaps and bounds beyond something that was grown, you know, on a on a flat surface, low elevation, in the sun. Chances are those cherries are gonna are gonna be mature before those seeds are really packed full of really good nutrients. So that's why we like high elevation coffee. When we get it into the roaster, um, once we roast that green coffee, it, it's increased in size. It's doubled, tripled in size. Uh, it's lost about 15% of its weight, but it's also, it, the the roasting process has created over 800 volatile compounds just based on what was there in that green coffee to begin with. So the more potential you have sitting in that cellular structure of the green coffee, the more flavor potential you have when it comes out of the roaster. And to me, that's like the most exciting thing when you get a new coffee and you're like, oh, it was growing way up high. <laughs>
0: Look at all these compounds. <laughs> right? These compounds are amazing.
2: Yeah. So we're, at, we're after those really, really dense coffees that are just packed full of nutrients because that is where the flavor comes from. That's when we put those flavor notes on the bag or the board or, you know, try to explain to you what this cup of coffee tastes like. We're just doing that based on what we think the cup tastes like, based on its natural characteristics. Uh, so our goal is to kind of find what those are. It is very much a trial and error process. You're trying to bring it out. You're trying to bring it out. You're trying to get out of the fucking way of this coffee. Rather than so incinerate it, it. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let it shine. And, and that's that's another reason we don't roast our coffee super dark. Uh, th- the, there are roasters that do really great dark roasts. Um, we are not one of those. Uh, I, I like to try to preserve as much as I can of what makes that coffee special before I got it so that I'm not ruining it or putting too much of my own flair on it. Like, oh yeah, this coffee tastes great at a lighter roast level, but I'm going to go ahead and burn it. I'm going to go ahead and burn it because we don't know why we don't yeah we have we have no real reason for that (laughs) Uh, but a lot of times cheaper coffee that doesn't have exciting flavor those are the coffees that roasters will take darker because you are trying to mask some of its imperfections and you you don't really want to let all the characteristics come out because they're not
0: all good are there any uh coffee shops in nashville that has are there any roasters in nashville who do dark roasting I believe bongo okay. is probably, yeah, I'm, I'm
2: sure, I'm sure everybody, it's hard to, tr- to, uh, apply those terms across from roaster to roaster, like a light roast versus a dark roast. Uh, Starbucks blonde roast is, is probably darker than our French, uh, mm-hmm. just for a frame of reference, gotcha. <laughs> um, Some people love dark roasts. Yeah, and they're not they're not inherently bad. And some coffees taste great when they're roasted to that level. A lot of Indonesian coffees, a lot of Brazilian coffees, um, sometimes Colombian coffees. It it just depends. Um,
1: There's definitely a preference there. Um, You you grew up on dark roast, or or you don't know the difference, and you you're drinking what you know. So there's it's not dark is bad, light is good, but you're kind of like much like going to grab a steak somewhere. The, the the more you leave it in that medium medium well the less kind of exciting flavors you're
2: getting out of it. right
1: but some people love a, a well-done steak
2: i always get mine well done with a side of ketchup <laughs> okay <laughs> just kidding oh my gosh
1: i was gonna lose it
2: was... I, ha-
1: I i have a strong opinion on ketchup and that it is a child's condiment you're right it is a child's condiment you're not wrong Okay. I love ketchup. Oh, man,
2: I got, so fired up. I got so. He was fired. about you Well, oh, Sir, the,
1: you want ketchup? I'm sorry, you're over the age of 12. You're no longer allowed to. Hey, Do you man. want the purple ketchup?
2: <laughs> Some things you gotta keep. You gotta okay, keep, I'm gonna keep back to down. Yourself. Keep keep going. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to rile you up there, Nate. No, but that would be like getting a well-done steak, that was like grass-fed that's from your local farm, totally. you get it well done and you get it with a side of ketchup, you might as well have just had like some cheap ass thing from who cares where. Right. So that, that's kind of the distinction. Like uh, if I want something that's roasted super dark so that I can add a ton of cream to it, I don't necessarily like coffee. I like the benefits of that coffee. Um, I, it might be my coffee and I like my coffee this way, but it's not, uh, I'm not interested in any of those things at that point where the coffee came from how it was processed how it was roasted don't really care because those aren't the flavors that i'm not interested in tasting what that coffee has to offer at that stage right it's kind of the same with you know cooking all the flavor out of the steak and then dousing it in child's
0: condiments child's <laughs> condiments gotcha so help someone uh, help someone how do you help someone who's trying to come in and buy a cup of coffee get what they want to order
1: a great question um usually when someone comes in and they're like what do you guys have what's on your menu i'm gonna go through kind of what we talked about in episode one what we offer as as drinks um but then i'm gonna ask them like what do you like to drink like what if, if it's just black coffee if they're looking for a pour over or a, or a drip i'm gonna ask them like what what do you like to drink what what flavors do you not like and they the words i hear a lot are oh i don't like i, I don't want it too strong and and that's an interesting adjective because do they mean super caffeinated do they mean really really a sit like too bitey of a flavor too much body and so I kind of have to kind of extrapolate what they mean by that um and so I'll ask those questions I'll be like are you looking for caffeine is that what you mean by strong or do you want it you don't like it super dark and and full-bodied and they'll be like oh yeah yeah that I don't like that I'm like cool well, I've got this great light roast Guatemala on so it's it's kind of like a another trial and error like what do you mean here okay cool uh do you like really fruit forward things okay nope then I'm not gonna take you to our shakiso because that's a very fruity coffee I'm gonna take you to uh our Guatemala that's a really good in between of of not too not too fruit forward not too bright but it's got like really good Kind of cocoa and almost like a honey syrupy flavor to it, and and people are going to be uh, more more happy with that than the Ethiopian. And it's
2: got that delicate acidity from that rich volcanic ash that it was grown <laughs> in in the Pacaya region of Guatemala. So it's not a ketchup latte. Your not a ketchup latte. Showing. Jimmy. Sorry. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Y'all couldn't see that, but I pushed up my imaginary
0: glasses. Love them. So another question I wanted to ask you to go back to the wave content was the third wave versus what there's rumors that we're almost going back. We're headed to a fourth wave. Uh, Do you have any insight on what that means and, and how that ties into what we're doing at our shops or anything like that? I, I do think, um, I do think we're probably
2: somewhere like three quarters of the way through <laughs> the third wave. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we're going to have to decide: okay, we're in the fourth wave, right? Because that's how things work. But I think there has to be some like large, defining factor that that distinguishes the third from the fourth wave. And right now, we're talking about how we're we're taking the manual brew away from the barista and we're using machines to replicate that because it is more consistent than a human you and I can make the same pour over all day and it's gonna probably be different taste a little different each time even if we're doing the exact same steps so now we're, we're, we're reintroducing machines um, companies are, are making really cool brewers to try to extract different things out of the coffee that to me doesn't necessarily define a, a whole nother wave of coffee just because we're we're brewing it a little differently Um, But I do think if there was some sort of like revolutionary way, I think climate change will bring on the fourth wave Mm because we're going to have to figure out. It's like Terminator 3, Rise of the Machine. Yeah, Rise of the Machine. We got auto brewers that are taking over the world. Yeah, They're brewing up people. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Don't get brewed. I will say with the auto brewers,
1: we're we're kind of going back to, why we got into the third wave we used there was a lot of automatic machine coffee going on and then we went to manual brew which i will not get into quite yet because that's a whole nother episode for me but <laughs> if you know how we got into manual pour overs in the 21st century dm us on eighth and roast on instagram and i will buy your coffee
2: Ooh, awesome that's a good offer you should definitely take him up on that at
1: eighth and roast on instagram
2: <laughs> do it. Do it now. I don't care. Do you care if they Google it?
1: No, no. First person, first person to to DM me and and tell me why we do pour overs by hand in the 21st century because it's been around for longer than that. But why we got why you started seeing it in coffee shops? DM me and I will buy your coffee.
0: Mm. See, I want to know. Like, and and you I, I, won't I, until I, further episodes. No, Keep what listening. I'm saying <laughs> is like. So for me, I feel like. Pour overs is the craft cocktail of coffee shops to me personally. I feel like that's the 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 mixologist term style bartender who is got some dope stuff at the bar and he's just putting together some dope things. But
1: I don't want to ruin it. All I'm saying is that's what we
0: want you to think. Correct. That that's the illusion. Yep. And then I go to like somebody's house and they're doing a pour over. I'm like, oh.
1: Oh wait. It's a homebrew method. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. No more hints. So, there's no, so lo- many no more things. hints. Just DM me on eighth and roast.
0: Okay.
2: And if you do Google it, at least paraphrase what you find. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. No
1: copy and pasting. I'll know.
2: Nate's gonna know. He's read every article on the internet. <laughs> if he, if, if there's any plagiarism, well, you're not well, getting that no. free
0: cup. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we we pretty much got what what the whole wave movement is. Is there any other roasting brew methods you want to elaborate on and touch up on, Jimmy? Before we wrap this up today. Uh, I think
2: it's just important to keep in mind that each step of this process is ultimately why we're in the specialty coffee game. Um, if if any of us were to drop the ball on our end, we we would be letting down hundreds of people. That that's the yeah. weight that I feel when I come into work. But it's healthy. It's not. Uh, it's a desire to to honor the people that produce the coffee, the people that work super hard to to get us this really high quality coffee uh, and I want to sell more of it because I want I want them to have more money <laughs> totally uh, I mentioned earlier that I was buying coffees from Papua New Guinea and they come from the Seagree estate and Seagree a lot of their money they just pump back into schools and facilities and housing for the, the kids of the pickers that they employ and it's just such a cool like uh, community effort, and and I feel like the the fact that we we get the opportunity to be a part of of those things and support those types of things, uh, it it's almost has equal value as you know presenting a good. It has arguably way more value than presenting a good cup of coffee right. to somebody. Hundred percent. But we're the bridge. We are the bridge between that world and this world, and any way that we can help make it less confusing. Uh, that that to me is what this is all about. This is why we get together and talk about it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why training your baristas is so important too, is that you want everyone along the way to do their job really, really well. And and so if you get an incredible coffee and you it gets all the way over here and you've got a great roaster and then you are not a great barista or you can't quite follow through with that pour over or something like, you're right. Like there is an entire group of people behind you that you, you kind of let down and, and you don't want to waste coffee and you don't want to use certain coffees, uh, not where they shine the best. Like you've, you've got to uphold what everyone else behind you has worked for. Um, and that's why, especially Ethan roast and a, a ton of other shops around Nashville, we take training really seriously because we're that final moment before someone gets to drink it. And that's really important to me and our company for sure.
0: And and being cool and like being nice to people and 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 having a good product and doing things with passion. And it's great. I'm I'm very happy to have you guys on this team and, you know, having people that are passionate about what we do. And it's great. So thank you uh, for educating the rest of our staff and the city and the people that's listening to this podcast. Another reminder, also, we are doing brunch at our Charlotte Avenue location. So stop in, say hi to Jimmy. Say hi to me. My name's Q. Nate is around sometimes, but he's mostly at our other shop. Uh, thank you, Acme Power Coffee and Podcast, powered by Acme Radio Live. And have a good day.
1: To us, coffee isn't just a beverage. It's a community. It's an accumulation of the global network of fair trade farmers to the independently owned coffee shops working together to bring the freshest coffee to their local
2: neighborhoods. I'm Nate. And I'm Jimmy, and we're roasters and baristas of one of Nashville's finest coffee shops, Ethan Roast. On Coffee and the Podcast, we'll dive deep into coffee trends, the craft culture of brewing, and answer all your questions about how these coffee communities impact your daily lives. So
1: tune in to listen live every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. via acmeradiolive.com. The show is also available on all all podcast platforms.